I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the the languishing, lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of The Comic Box, part of the geek to geek podcast network. So, join us. Bop, bop. Oh, yeah. My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 82 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm excited to be rejoined by author of both fiction and nonfiction, T. Morris. How you doing, T? I am doing great. How about you, Joe? Pretty well, pretty well. I am assuming you are celebrating big time the return of Sense8, at least for a two-hour film. I missed that piece of news. No, you... did I just scoop you? You just scooped me. <laughs> that is awesome. Hey, Joe, I got news for you. Uh, Netflix said they're going to make a two-hour movie wrapping up season two of Sense8. Oh, my <laughs> God. You don't know how happy... This is... But yes, see, I this do. is what's... Yes, this I do. Is... <laughs> this is what spawned this episode, because <laughs> because you and I have basically talked to each other through our podcasts about um, about the cancellation and uncancellation of um, timeless. Yeah, and that's what made us decide we're going to talk uh, we're going to talk time travel today. So that's yeah. awesome. Didn't want to get ahead of you, but I had to. But you know, whenever I hear you, whenever I hear you on on pod, I just always smile because I'm like, man, he just sounds like. He sounds like so happy to be here, but he's got to be extra happy because of what happened last week. And the fact that you didn't know, I am so stunned and but and thrilled though to be the guy to tell you on mic. <laughs> well, this is this is what happens and this is this is the honest truth. Okay. When summer hits, my social media presence goes way down <laughs> because I am pretty much glued to my computer playing as many video games as I can until I go back to school in, in the fall. So, so, you know, until I go out on vacation and I'm away from my, my video games, um, I, I will pretty much be completely oblivious to what's going on in the world around me. If it wasn't for okay. the daily show and Samantha <laughs> B, I would not be, um, I wouldn't even know what's going on politically or anything so that should well that should be the next show you do with pip is because she's she watches the she watches actually the daily show and samantha b more than i would like to 
So maybe mm-hmm. you two could do something on on how comedians have become our our new trusted journalists. You know, <laughs> that you know what that might be a fun a fun state of the geek episode be a fun because state of the geek, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always looking for for guests and for uh, for for new topics. So right. ones that aren't like you get to a point with a political uh, podcast that it's just you don't want to be repeating what everybody else is doing yeah, it's and you don't want to, you don't want to bring up things that people are like, Oh my God, not this again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, how have you been? It's been a while since we've talked to you. We, we talked to you and Pip in originally in episode 29. So if people want to go back and hear all about you and your general geekiness, that's the episode to go to. And then back in 53, we talked about uh, one of your books as it was coming out. But you're doing like a bunch of books, a bunch of podcasts. So, so what are you working on? Uh, well, let's see. <clears throat> Since we last talked, I launched a brand new podcast called Happy Hour from the Tower. That's happyhourfromthetower.com. And, uh, and that's with me, Nick Kelly, and his son, Brandon Kelly. And it's, it's, it's all about destiny. And we, we launched that, and we have been having an absolute blast producing it. People who don't even play Destiny listen to Happy Hour from the Tower because they go, these guys are having way too much fun behind the mic. Uh, it's goofy. It's slapstick. We talk about we talk about game strategy, but it's we, we as we like to say in our promo, we're not that podcast. We're not mm-hmm. that podcast that goes into you know all the hardcore strategy. We're we're the podcast that's like we love this game. We're not the best at it, but we love the, we genuinely love the game. And uh, and that's what that's what the podcast is really about. Um, <clears throat> so I launched that, and one of the reasons why I launched it was because uh, back in February I got a phone call from the folks over at Wiley Publishing. They're the people that did podcasting for dummies back in 2006 and 2008, and they reached out to me and they said, "Would you be interested in doing a third edition?" And I'm like, "It took you long enough, but yeah, let's <laughs> do it." Uh, got in touch with Chuck Tomasi, who I worked with on the on the second edition. And again, we've been having a blast putting this together. Um, I have reconnected with a lot of podcasts that I'd, I'd fallen off the, off the face of the planet with. I found out I've, I've discovered a whole new slew of podcasts as well as, um, as, well as uh, some old favorites that I've, I've, uh, that I've reconnected with. <clears throat> so I've been working on podcasting for dummies. And then there's uh, the writing of Operation Endgame, and that is the final – the final installment involving uh, agents uh, Wellington Thornhill Books and Eliza D. Braun over at the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences. That's ministryofpeculiaroccurrences.com. Uh, this, was the, this was the series that we started, uh, New York published, and the last two books, uh, Pip and I uh, funded through a Kickstarter, a very successful Kickstarter. And this is the last book in the series. So I've been working on that. Um, I've also been developing a brand new series, a brand new book. Uh, it... it, it, it well, it's a brand new book and possibly a brand new series, possibly a, a trilogy. And I'm setting it, it it's going to be a thriller set in the esports industry. Because oh. I've been doing some I've been doing some serious research on on esports. And the more I get into it, the more I'm like this is ripe. This is ripe for some kind of uh of thriller. Uh whether it's uh whether it's a, a romantic suspense or whether it's just a straight up uh you know, Da Vinci Code style thriller with video games, why not? So I've yeah. been I've been working on that and the and the uh, the, the the current title is uh, the current working title is called Dope, uh and and that's that's going to be book one. So I'll see I'll see where this takes me. I have no idea where it's going to go, but but uh but but I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Plus I've got a um 
I've got a paranormal romance thriller that I'm pitching. Uh, I just have to spruce it up and, and start pitching it. And then um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's plenty. And <laughs> somewhere, but, man. Yeah, and somewhere in there, I know that uh, Pip and I are going to want to start working on the follow-up to um, uh, to Curse of the Silver Pharaoh, which is the spin-off series to the Ministry of Peculiar Currencies. It's our YA spin-off. And so we've got Curse of the Silver Pharaoh, and uh, and I think we I think that the working title for the next one is uh, Mystery of the Mystery of the Blue Flame. And uh, the way I describe that series to people is um, picture a steampunk young Indiana Jones chronicles, and that's nice. what that's what this is. That's what this is. So that's what I'm working on. <sighs> and, and on top of that, you're still still doing the shared desk. Still doing the shared desk with Pip every two weeks. And uh, and I and I've got the schedules now worked out roughly where the week that I do the, the, there's a week I do the shared desk and I produce that with Pip and then the next week I do I do uh, I do uh, happy hour from the tower. Um, I, I never said I would do a weekly podcast, but because I'm doing biweekly podcast every other week now I'm doing a weekly podcast. <laughs> well, and weekly podcasts will you know, I'm just speaking from from experience they'll they'll wear you down (laughs) they'll wear you down down. and and the thing is um now now we'll say this one of the one of the ways that i've 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 kind of minimized and and streamlined the workflow is i've made it a uh, i've made it a personal mission and a personal objective not to make happy hour from the tower any longer than 30 minutes so that's good so 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 we've run it we've been running a pretty tight schedule the only time we have never hit 30 minutes but we've gone insanely over schedule was when uh, Destiny was when Bungie released a preview of Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot to say about that, a lot to say. So that was like an hour long show. And chances are there'll be another hour long show in July because well later this month, because uh, Destiny 2 is going to be going into beta. And I'm going to save that for, for weekly geekery. I'm going to I'm going to save that. But, yeah, that's that's. That's that's coming. I know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool. You guys have a lot of stuff going on over there, and I think it's awesome. I love watching your updates on on social media and everything oh, that's thanks. going on, and and so I'm 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 glad that you have become part of the uh, the interweb families. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So we're gonna move on to our weekly geekery. It's the stuff that we've done this week to keep it uh, geek. And uh, I have been playing a lot of Diablo 3 because the Necromancer released this week. It was on uh, Tuesday. It dropped. And, uh, you know, we're saving up for a big trip at the end of the the summer. We're going to England. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm going to be meeting oh, Raven and wow. EJ from, from Girls Gone Wow. I was just explaining to somebody on, on Twitter. It's hard to, to explain to non-internet peoples that... The thing I'm most excited about a trip to Europe is meeting my internet friends. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> just not. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess since I'm an internet, since I'm an internet, uh, internet uh, geek. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense to me. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Is this the you first time you've ever been overseas? Um. Yeah. I've I've been to Costa Rica before, but this is my first time in in Europe. So. Oh, wow. So, wait, yeah, so you're going I'm to really England. Or you're going to Europe. Well, I'm going to England, and then we're we're going to, we're doing London for a week, mm-hmm. and then we're doing um, a cruise that takes us to Scotland, Norway, and Iceland. Oh, 
Yeah, no, we're going for my my in-laws' uh, 70th birthdays, and we are very, very, very excited. Okay, so there's a lot to see in London. There's a lot to see in London. I'm going to give you two things you need to see. Two things. Yeah, please. Um, the Globe. You have to see the Globe. It yes. will make you cry. As an actor, as a as a as a theater teacher, the museum and the and the uh, and the actual Globe Theater will make you weep. It is beautiful. It is absolutely gorgeous. Um. The other thing that that you really should do, and and it even surprised uh, it, it even surprised people that I, I traveled with because they they were they were not looking forward to it, but um, the Tower of London is just astounding. I I I mean I I have I remember when I was studying in in, in England, um, I kept going to the Tower of London. I mean I think mm-hmm. I went at least two or three times, and it was hard for me to get out because I just loved everything in there so much it was it was just it was just breathtaking the amount of history and just all the stories behind it uh, it's just it's just a really really uh fascinating place to visit and then finally um if you get a chance if you get a chance take a show and ch- take a show in london just take a show um whether it's uh, whether it's seeing the rsc because <clears throat> I saw some great shows from the RSC, but the last time, the last time I was in in, in London, and this gives you an idea of just just casually looking to see what's available, what's playing where. It'll shock you what's going on. Because um, the last time I was in I was in London, uh, I caught two shows. One was the importance of being earnest mm-hmm. with um, Lady Lady not Lady Grantham, Lady Wainthrop. Um, basically, the 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 the, the Lady of the Manor. That was played by Patricia Rutledge from Wow. Yeah, yeah, from from Keeping Up Appearances and all that. She was in that show and she was astounding. Then there was a show called God Only Knows. And in this show, the lead was Derek Jacoby. Remind me who that is? Uh Derek Jacoby. He played the chorus in Branagh's Henry V. He was uh Frankie okay. the Killer in Dead Again, also with Branagh. Um he's uh, he's uh, he's brother Cadfell. <clears throat> um very distinguished uh, Shakespearean actor, very distinguished uh, uh, British actor. Um, he basically he you know he went to school with Ian McKellen. Uh, the, I mean he's he's one of he's one of the, the the big guns. And when when I saw I was like wait a minute he's he's on stage. Um, he was and, he, and it was it was amazing and it was written the uh, the the play I found out later the play was written by the. Um, by the the person that uh, also uh, wrote a wrote a uh, I think it was called Code yeah the the stage play was called Code Breakers and it was about uh, the, the breaking of the Enigma Code uh, it it was all about um, you know the the, um, the 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 struggles with homosexuality and mm-hmm. and that, that Turing was was it Turing yeah it was Turing mm-hmm. it was, was dealing with at the time I mean it and this and this was just I mean I got tickets that that night. And I, and I went up to the box office and I said, "What have you got available?" And I said, "Well, we got two tickets in the second row." I went, oh wow! Okay, done. I mean, I got spit on by De- Derek Jacoby. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> and and this is the best part too. Get home, and write them thank you notes. Both Patricia Rutledge and Sir Derek Jacoby wrote me back. Oh wow! And I've got the ticket stub. I've got the I've got the ticket stub and everything. And their their thank you notes. Their their, their return notes. Under glass, I mean, in here, they're, they're, they're prized possessions. I mean, British actors are very different from the uh, from the Hollywood guys. So yeah, yeah, taking a show. 
that that I'm very excited about that. I'm I'm sure I don't I don't know that Matt is looking forward to it, but I am I'm going to very uh, strongly <laughs> suggest that we find a Shakespeare play yeah. because I don't know how you can not go to how you can go to London and not see Shakespeare. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and it, and it helps that that's what I'm working on with my kids next year a lot because oh, um, I, I found a couple of I did a lot of I've, I think I've said this on previous shows I've done a lot of professional development the last couple of months on mm-hmm. on teaching Shakespeare and so I'm I'm excited about getting into it and kind of because that's always been kind of my drama teacher weak spot is that I know enough about it to get me in trouble but not enough to do it well so I'm I'm looking to to expand that area of my expertise and so I've I've been a little bit of a Shakespeare geek lately. Well, if off pod you want to talk about uh you want to talk about some some Shakespeare stuff. I mean, that was my passion when I was a professional when I was a prof- professional actor and it's still a passion. And um <clears throat> along with some of the stories that I could pass along to you of 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 shows that I've seen in the past and my own my own experiences with Shakespeare, there's a terrific book by Nori Epstein. And it's called The Friendly Shakespeare. And it is full of antidotes and, and, and great behind-the-scenes stories about Shakespeare, his plays, the films of his plays, all these different things. And these are stories that if you, if you were to, to get this uh, book into the hands of your, of your students, it, it, it humanizes Shakespeare. It, it doesn't make it that crap that they learn in English, an English class or, or, in, or in a, as part of a theater project. They actually read this and they go, oh, oh, okay. I mean, oh, oh, just an amazing amount of, um, of just really, really cool, in-depth looks at uh, at Shakespeare. That's awesome. I, I will have to look into that yeah. because I, I've got ideas. We'll talk. We'll talk more Shakespeare. Okay. Pod. You bet. Um. So yeah. So been been doing. Let's see. Diablo three. My husband. What my my in laws have just moved from from Cape Cod to Palm Springs with us. Oh, okay. Yes. And they, they were tired of being snowed in for weeks <laughs> at a time. And they're very, very active people. They, they go on like a five mile hike every day. And wow. yeah, I, I hope I'm a quarter of the energy that they have when I'm, you know, turning 70. And <laughs> so, so they, they've been staying with us and, um, and we have all been, we were trying to find something, you know, their shows, they were all kind of halfway through our shows. We were kind of halfway through. So we're like, okay, what can we watch together? So we're all starting at the same spot. And we decided we're going to start watching Riverdale. Uh, you're going to love it. According to, according to Pip, she, she enjoyed it. She said it was basically Archie Comics does Twin Peaks. It it really is. It's like, <laughs> it, 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 takes me back to my Melrose place days <laughs> where you're just sitting there going, this is like, it's predictable. It's, you know, but it's, it's kind of, it's well-written. The characters are fun. It's kind of got a little bit of that adaptation feel to yep. it that, that I love. Um, so we're having a blast with it. I mean, we, we all acknowledge that it's very CW and it's very obviously be, you know, catering to a certain type of viewer, but we don't care because we're just having fun with it. So we're watching that. Um, and then, uh, do you know the Secret World? Uh, I hit me on to it. Hit me on to it. I'm not sure if I do or not. It was an MMO that released maybe five to eight years ago, and it was uh, urban fantasy, a little bit of steampunk in there. It's all conspiracy theory stuff. Um, 
the the three factions are the Illuminati, the Templars, and the Dragon, which is like a chaos. Now, is this um, a game, game or is this a podcast or what is it's it? It's an it's an MMO or it was an MMO, but they've just relaunched and they've relaunched as the Secret World Legends, and they're still basically an MMO, but they're calling themselves a shared world RPG. Huh. And um, it's just a lot of fun. It's not swords and sorcery. I mean, it kind of is, because you still have magic and, and, you know, you've got ninjas that you can run around and hit things with swords. But, like, your f- whole first levels are fighting zombies. And the thing that makes it really unique is you can... Like, it's very puzzle-based. There's a lot of puzzle components to the the missions that you actually have to kind of go into the interwebs and find the answers to. Not, like, cheats or anything. It's it's actually looking for information that you kind of have to look up. There's an in-game browser. Um, and so it's not just your regular, okay, go kill this and bring me back 10 eyeballs. Right. You know, it's right. it's really very, you know, find solve the mystery, figure out why what's causing the problems. Almost every quest starts with a really cool cutscene between you and the the person you're getting the quest from. It's just a very very rich rich world. And so, I'm just been loving that. And I love the re-release. It's kind of simplified things, um made it a little easier to navigate through. So, so that's been fun. Um, the big thing that hasn't been fun this last couple of weeks is that um, my other podcast, State of the Geek, uh, got hacked. Yeah, and the funny thing is, I, w- I wanted to make sure I made note of this, I did not notice anything about it because I'm not subscribed through iTunes, I'm subscribed through Stitcher. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, it was just it, iTunes. So I, I, I can honestly say... If you're if you're suspecting that you have that your your uh that your your podcast feed was somehow at least the iTunes part of it was somehow compromised, it was because Stitcher was Stitcher was rock solid, rock solid. Yeah, and I've I've been getting that from a lot of people actually. Like when I noticed it, I was driving into work and um, looking. You know, I was about ready to finish whatever podcast I was listening to. I'm like, okay, which one do I want to read next? I listened to you next, and I saw this podcast that I did not recognize in my feed. And when I clicked on it, it was mixed in with my State of the Geek episodes. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's not right. Yeah. And and as soon as I did that, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to go through iTunes customer service, which is notoriously bad. That's that's a circle. That's a circle of hell right there. But uh, you realize what this means, though. It means you you you've pissed off some people. So that's what I was thinking. That's what I was trying to justify it as. I'm so, like, you know, yeah. at least I've made an impression enough for them to think that they should hack my podcast. So you and Kelly need to podcast more. <laughs> 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 because because you're you're rocking the boat, and I'm I'm like I'm like you know you know it's funny because I was listening to you uh, talk about that. You and Kelly talk about that. And I'm and, and you were like, yeah, it's a real concern. Yeah, it's a real concern. I'm like, I'm screaming at the, I'm screaming at my at my phone. No, you've arrived. Disrupt <laughs> the signal. But you're like you're like the Mal Reynolds now of, of of dissonant radio. You can't stop the signal, Mal. You know, I mean, I was so proud <laughs> of you, man. I'm like, yeah, baby, it's a, that's great. Go yeah, on. and it was funny because the a couple people were like, well, you know, could it have just been, you know on iTunes oops you know did something I'm like no they they replaced our very liberal political podcast with something called the master bastards podcast yeah, with very episode titles like the misogyny minute yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that was that was not accidental and that was not, not at accidental. all not at all no 
But, you know, I, I'm, I've got mixed feelings about iTunes um, customer service, mostly because, and I am putting them on blast on my podcast. <laughs> um, they, the only way you as a podcaster can talk to somebody at customer service is through email. And to me, that, that right off the bat, there's a problem with this system. Mm-hmm. Just, just not acceptable for any company at this day, in this day and age not to be uh, available by phone. And when I finally got tired of waiting, because every time I said, you know, what's the status? They're like, oh, we forwarded it, no status right now. I finally wrote the whole, I'm frustrated, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to Twitter and Twitter shame, like something <laughs> needs to, I, I need yeah. to hear something substantial. And they're like, oh, well, we still don't have any information about how it happened or why, but you can replace your feed by just going to this link here and that should get you back up and running. And then um, a lot of people who have been having this problem, it suggests that it's not just me, um, go through Squarespace to try and figure out what the problem is with them. And I'm like, okay, this is already 10 times more information that you gave than you gave me in the yeah. last three weeks. Yeah. So that could have been the very first email, and I would have been perfectly fine. Exactly. Now, to their credit, as soon as I updated it, they say, hey, we saw that you updated it. We hope everything's working well. Um, and, and we'll let you know when we get any more information on our end. So they were right on top of it then, but it took an angry email to even get to that point. Yeah. Podcast, their, their directory is, it's the 800 pound gorilla. And, and the thing about iTunes and their podcast directory is it's not making them any money. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff that's up there, if not all the stuff that's up there is all free. So right. it's not making them any money. So at, you know, once upon a time, there was one person in charge of that entire podcast directory. And this was back in 08. That gives you an idea. I was, you know, and, and, and the thing is there are people when I was, when I was surfing for, um, when I was surfing different, uh, different podcasts on, on, under different subjects, the stuff that, that first off the hits that came up had nothing to do whatsoever with, with the search term parameters that I gave it. Then the other mm-hmm. thing that was a real, that was a real hassle was I would look at the at the podcast, I'd start writing about it, then I'd stop and I'd go, hang on a minute, go back to the podcast directory and note that they haven't been updated in two to three years. There wow. are podcasts that are sitting that are sitting on iTunes today that are older than ten years and they're still sitting there on the directory. Now granted, they're not taking up any, any space for iTunes, but it's really frustrating if you are a podcast listener and you've been look you're actively looking for stuff, um you may find a podcast you think, oh, this is perfect, and look at the resource, look at where it's coming from. Then you look at the last time it they, they updated, and it was back in 2009-2010. Yeah, and, and a lot of times you have to you have to actually download an episode before you get that information because it doesn't always show it on the on the on feed. the directory. Yeah, and that's it's, it's a it's a real hassle, and I think that's going to be something that's always iTunes. I like to tell people is the best thing to happen to podcast, and it's the worst thing to happen to podcast. Because the directory, uh, all other directories now had to compete with iTunes, and all these other directories either went 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 the uh, went the way of the dodo, or they just flat out said, "Well, we're done. Um, you know, you can go on ahead and update if you like, but we're not going to we're not going to publicize. We're not going to let people you know know about you. You basically have to. It's back up to you. And with the exception of Stitcher and Google Play." There are other directories out there, I know, but but with that, with those three, those are those are the big three: Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. And um, I just I just find that iTunes really looks at podcasting, even though they love to tout. I mean, to give you an idea how much they care about it, 
uh, iTunes uh, celebrated in 20, they celebrated in 2011, the fifth anniversary of podcasting. The thing was, was that podcasting was actually six years old because we had all started it a year before iTunes actually said, hey, there's a podcast directory. Right. But they were taking credit of saying, hey, it's been fi- it's been five years. It's like, no, it's been six. I mean, they, they don't they don't recognize podcasts before they started recognizing podcasts, which is yeah. pretty which, which is which is serious hubris. Um, but uh, but yeah, when it comes to trying to get support from iTunes for your podcast, uh, that's a that can be a pretty uphill battle. So I, I appreciate I appreciate the fact you doubled down with them. Nice. Nice. That's the only way you can play with them. And you, and you did it. Nice work. Well, and I think I, I said it on, on State of the Geek. I was like, I know that if I don't get anywhere, all I have to do is go, Kelly, it is all yours. <laughs> <laughs> and she will, she will be more than happy to take it away. <laughs> she will take that baton. She will take that baton. Yeah. Well, how about you? What have you been geeking out about this week? Well, since you mentioned Kelly, I got to tell you, I, I, you know, I was listening to State of the Geek this week, and I just, I, I have to tell you, Kelly's laugh is infectious. It I mean, is. whenever she starts going, I mean, I'm I'm trying desperately. I'm happy that I'm not usually tra- I'm traveling in rush hour traffic because because I'm moving so little, I don't have to worry about swerving off the road. Because when she starts going, I mean, it's just it's just full on, and I love listening to State of the Geek. Uh, absolutely love it. Um, as we talked before we before we recorded, I'm going to actually send you guys some some voicemail about your last show, and um, and but yeah, I just I I really really enjoy it. I don't sometimes agree with the stuff you always say, but I think that's the thing. The difference is that, yeah, I can say I don't agree with that, mm-hmm. but I'm also not going to torch your, your podcast over it. I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually, you know, I can, I can still disagree with you on some things and still be friends because expecting you to agree with me a hundred percent, Wonder Woman, uh, you know, that's, 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 <laughs> that's going to be, that's going to be something that, that, that is a, a an unrealistic expectation. But I yeah. love State of the Geek, and I just want to make sure uh, if Kelly if Kelly is listening, mwah, I love your stuff. And that segues to the next thing I do, and hopefully one day I'll get to do it with Kelly, is Destiny. I've been clocking in a lot of time with Destiny, um, both um, the game itself and the podcast. And I'm sure very much like Kelly, at least I'm assuming like Kelly, I've asked off for uh, July 18th. Because that's when the uh, that that's when the, the the beta drops for a week, and uh, and I intend to actually to, to to be this this will be the first time I've ever done a beta. I've never done a beta test for a game, so I'm very excited to be part of the Destiny uh, the Destiny beta, and um, and I'm having. Now, are you are you getting in trouble with all the uh, uh, you know any non disclosure agreements that we should be worried, we're concerned about? <laughs> I know, no. I mean, I'm just I'm, I, I pre-ordered I pre-ordered the set. They they said here's your code for the for the beta. As far as I know, I haven't I I haven't disrupted anything. I know there there are all these people that are saying, oh, I'm looking forward to the beta, looking forward to the beta, looking forward to the beta. So I'm assuming that's safe. But I'm but the the thing is, I've never done it myself. I've never done a beta. So this will be this will be a new experience for me. Um, now, when does the actual game drop? Well, the game, that's, that's another exciting thing. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be September 8th, and they actually bumped it up by a couple of days, September 6th. So that's, I'm like, okay, if they're, if they're actually bringing it up, up by a couple of days, maybe, they, maybe they're, they're, they're that excited about this game, too. Uh, it, I mean, when, when, they, when they did the preview of Destiny 2, um, it was a very, 
it was a very different kind of game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, the, um, the, the, when they did the preview of Destiny 2, it just looks absolutely breathtaking. It's, it, I mean, it's a beautiful game to begin with, but it's even prettier uh, in this in this new in this new version that's coming and and everyone's just chomping at the bit to, to get to get a crack at it. Uh, meanwhile, like I said, the podcast I'm having a blast with. Uh, that's Happy Hour from the Tower, and uh, uh, this week we're actually dropping our first video episode. And, oh, cool! And in the video episode, uh, it's basically me commentating my own gameplay, and and I, I I basically go, yeah, I got this right. Ooh, I didn't do that right, and you know, and I'm 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 pretty. I like to think I'm pretty harsh on myself because it's like, look, I'm I, I'm I'm going to admit I'm not the best player, but now I know what I need to work on because I'm reviewing the um, I'm reviewing the game footage. Yeah. So I've been, so I've been playing. So and and the, the 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 rule is still the same. I have to get in between a thousand to two thousand words on on the works on 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 the the the, the, the works in uh, in progress, and if I do that, then I've earned time to sit down and play Destiny. But uh, J- July 18th is the exception to the rule. That's the day. That's the day where I've said nobody talked to me. I'm down here. I'm gonna take breaks for 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 biological reasons only, and then, then I get back into the game. Um. So so there's Destiny. And that's then, very exciting. Now, I, 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 before we move on, okay. I got a couple questions sure. because Destiny 2, I am looking at as possibly my end to the franchise okay. because Great. I have not played Destiny at all. Okay. And the only reason I am looking into this, and I'm being very honest here, is because you and Nick play, because <laughs> Kelly plays, because you want to get uh, the clan started. <laughs> well, I, I, I am, I just, I just kind of, I'm looking for opportunities to hang out with people I enjoy. That's oh, so. Wow, running with you would be so much fun. <laughs> is this something that we can do, or is this something that is like well, I'm going to be completely lost? And oh dear God, let's not invite, let's not tell Joe we're going online tonight because no, no, he's no, no, terrible. No, no, no. So, here, so here's here's the truth of it. We we have actually got Nick's wife Stacia playing now. She actually picked up the game just a couple of weeks ago. She's already at level eight, maybe even level nine. And Brandon and I have been running with her on some missions. So we, you know, we're level 40, light level 400, or well, in my case, 398. Um, and she's, she is still level eight and maybe a light level of 50. But the thing is, we can still go on missions with her, provide backup, help her out where, where we need to. And um, so if you wanted to start now, you could start now and, and just mainline a whole bunch of a whole bunch of the uh, of the previous Destiny games, if you wanted to get a feel for the universe. But with Destiny Two, the way I understand it is they start you at like level twenty or level twenty five, and it opens with a with a vignette called Homecoming. And in that preview, the tower, which is the headquarters of all the Guardians, is attacked. And then um, the um, the 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 head of the of the Red Legion. Which is a uh, which is a cabal villain by the name of Gaul. Um, he basically steals the light, and all you need to know about that is that that great big ball that's hovering over the last known uh, safe city on on Earth, it's called the Traveler, and it supplies the Guardians with the light that allows them to well one regenerate from the dead and also do the things that they're able to do. But um, Gaul steals that light. And when he does that, you lose everything. You lose all of your level. You lose all of your light. You lose your weapons. 
and you start from scratch. So the, uh, the, the, the adventure in Destiny 2 is the road to redemption. You were once one of the fabled guardians that guarded the city, and now the city has fallen, the tower has fallen, and you have to redeem yourself. And um, so you could literally just jump into Destiny 2, and you'd be good. Okay, I think that's I think that's the way we're gonna go because between now and its release, I have I have four weeks between Comic Con and my cruise that I will not be here. Then then so. you know what? then then just jump into Destiny Two, and the minute you do that, you let me and Nick know because you're running with us, bro. You are running awesome. with us. <laughs> Very cool. I will I will be saving up, and I will make sure that that is a purchase for September. And if you want now, if you want to get into uh, if you want to get into the feel of the game, though, what it's about, maybe some of the lingo. There's this fantastic podcast I can recommend to you and your, your listeners called Happy Hour from the Tower, found at happyhourfromthetower.com, and uh, it'll get you up to speed. <laughs> and uh, in, in nice half-hour chunks. In nice half-hour you know, chunks, which you can do with you on your trip. <laughs> perfect, perfect. I will be doing that. Awesome. So, yeah, oh, that'd be, I'll, have, I'll have to pass that on to Nick, although he'll, he'll hear the podcast, so I'll, I'll save that for him. So uh, something else, speaking of Nick, um, Nick and Brandon were my backup at AwesomeCon recently. I don't know if you heard about this event in D.C., um, mm-hmm. but AwesomeCon uh, was was just that. It was pretty awesome. Uh, it was it was absolutely um, mind blowing. It was it was mind blowing how many people were there, how big it was, and I was at, uh, I I pitched to them a um, a panel like a, a talk that I give called the Big Score: The Evolution of the Science Fiction Soundtrack. And they they said, we'd love to have you. And I went on Friday night and it was standing room only. As a matter of fact, I was I was at a I was at a con today and someone in the audience said, yeah, I'm really pissed at Awesome Con because I showed up like like two minutes after you had started and there was no seat in the house. So I couldn't get in. And I said, don't worry, we're pitching it for for 2018. But um, the uh, so so the big score is this. um is is basically I I tr- I track the evolution of science fiction soundtracks all the way back to 1931 to present day, and and I and I I lo- I've given the talk like five or six times and I I constantly update it and I absolutely adore giving this talk because it it appeals to both the theater geek in me the geek geek in me and the music geek in me and um, mm-hmm. it was a big hit at AwesomeCon. Uh, and Nick and Nick and Brandon were kind of like my logistics crew. They were helping me out with that. Um, so that was an awesome con was incredible. Uh, they actually had a, a really, they had a huge wall, um, that people could go and, um, cause that was the, that was the, the week that Adam West passed away. Oh. So they had this wall set up where people could, could write wish it, you know, best wishes and everything. And they were going to get this wall, I guess, to the, to the Adam West estate and Stan Lee, uh, autographed it. Stanley wow. came out of my head and he autographed it. So that was that was pretty that was pretty freaking cool. Um, at the end of AwesomeCon though, Nick took me to a place that if uh, if you and your husband are ever out <clears throat> ever out here, I want to take you there. Even if you're not beer drinkers, I want to take you out here. It's no, called, we're beer drinkers. <laughs> okay, you're gonna love this place. It's called Heroic Ale Works. It is a geek themed um, brewery. They ha- and all what they did was they, they they got together with some local artists. And the and they may had they had local artists create uh, super original superhero designs and super villain designs, and then the brewer turned those into beer. Wow! And 
I cannot say and, and, and the best bit, the beer is really good. The beer is really, really good. So um, Heroic Ale Works, that was how we ended the weekend with Awesome Con, me and Nick, and we just had a blast there. And Nick Nick had already been there. He was like, I, I got to go with tea because I'm sure going with tea is a religious experience. And it was. I mean, for both of us. It was it was just so much fun. And then, um, and then of course, uh, Pip and I have been uh, – I've been, I've been actually helping Pip uh, getting a little more geekified. She was not familiar with the ways of Mystery Science Theater 3000. So when mm. Netflix did Mystery Science Theater 3000 The Return – we watched that, and nice. it was absolutely delightful. It was so much fun. Um, oh, stop it! Uh, but but yeah, she, uh, she was uh, she was she was she was like, "Why are we watching this?" And I said, "Exactly, honey, exactly." <laughs> um, and so, man, some of the some of the movies they 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 found some good turd burgers. They really found some good turd burgers. Um, and then the last thing I think that that uh, Pip and I really nerded out about, which. Um, I'm really hoping that, that, that you got a chance to see or, or at least have put on your list. Uh, American Gods. That yes, amazing. I haven't seen it, but it is definitely on my list. Um, Did not disappoint. We don't get, yeah, we don't get stars. Ah, so, okay. But we're waiting to see if we can either Netflix it down the road or, you know, uh, contrary to my whole rant, well, the last couple of weeks about um, – about Sense Eight and how we need to be better about watching our geek properties as soon as they come out. Yeah. Um, that one was simply stymied by the fact that it was on a a it was on a pay channel, channel that we did not get. Yeah. Right. Well, American Gods was worth it. It was it was just fantastic and 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 really really delightful. And I'm really ex- I'm really anxious to hear what Neil Gaiman has to say about it because this weekend Pip and I just got tickets for me Pip and our now teenage daughter. Um, the three of us are going to see an evening with Neil Gaiman. This oh wow! Week. And that's that's next week at a, a place called Wolf Trap Farm Park, and we can't wait for that. Um, so that's that's a lot of stuff that I've crammed in here. That I, w- I would say that's 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 not just last week, but week adjacent stuff that happened. It's 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 been a been a busy summer already. It it, it definitely has. You you've got a lot of geek, good geeky goodness in there. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we're going to take a really quick uh, commercial break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about time travel. To Destiny comes a new podcast. Three guardians who will guide you to glory, honor, and... Yeah, nah. Not that kind of podcast. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why my dad sucks at the Crucible. Here we go. A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us. So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do. Well, the, wait, 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 wait. There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing, usually it's pretty nerdy. Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy? Yes. There are drop-ins. 
And we love having guests on the show. It's the shared desk after all. And if it's Katie or Lauren, you get some lovely singing as well. So find The Shared Desk on iTunes, Stitcher, or at thesharedesk.com. The Shared Desk. Two writers. One podcast. Different different points points of view. And we're back. And we're going to talk about time travel. Because, I don't know, maybe six months ago, I lamented the fact that uh, Timeless had been uh, canceled and then you called me out on social media and said, what are your sources, sir? Yeah. And yeah, I said, yeah. I don't know. Let me go check because I heard it from a friend. And we and it was we confirmed. saw it was confirmed and then denied and then confirmed and then denied. And then finally um, canceled for and three then days. Back. For three days. It was canceled for three days. And. Uh, and you know, I gotta give, I gotta give props. Uh, I gotta, I'm gonna stall here, uh, but I gotta give props to the cast who on Twitter were an absolute stitch. Um, in fact, I don't know if you, if you saw it, but you, you should look it up. Uh, it was, um, Matt Lautner who plays Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Lautner actually posted, it was, I, I, it was either a vine or it was a, I don't know. It was, it was, it was one of those things where I think it's actually the built-in service of Twitter that allows you a few seconds of video that you can, you can post. Mm-hmm. He's gasping for air and he's he's hanging on the wall. And this is this this is again Matt Lautner, the guy who plays Wyatt. And he gasps and he looks at the camera and he goes, "We just got back. Lifeboat is recharging. Rufus is on that. Don't worry, everything's fine. Lucy's fine. But I want to let you know, we talked to producers. Everything's okay. We're coming back." And that was the entire that's, video. That's awesome. <laughs> and Malcolm Barrett, who plays Rufus, his Twitter stream is a freaking riot but yes i was very very pleased to see um that they were they were just as excited i mean i mean yeah it's work for them but they could also tell they had fans you know we, we're yeah. out here and uh ah, yeah three days three very long days without timeless well i'm i'm gonna be honest timeless is one of the very few time travel properties that i like and i do not care for time travel really? in my in my um, fiction. I just, for some reason, it's it's as I, I believe they say on on um, Doctor Who, it's all that timey wimey stuff. Uh-huh. I I just I think it's done poorly so often. Mm. Um, and and there's very few things like I I can I can dive into whatever you're gonna give me as long as okay. as you're justifying it in your universe. <laughs> but time travel is a hard sell. At the very beginning, and and I think like usually it's Matt who will say on while we're watching a show, all right, this isn't believable, this is ridiculous, I can't do right, this. Right, right. Um, I I stopped watching Legends of Tomorrow mm. because like two or three episodes in, I'm like, oh, there's too many inconsistencies and it's not making sense, and I just can't, I just can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I actually watched the pilot of Legends of Tomorrow, and I was extremely disappointed. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm telling myself, well, I'll go back and watch it again because, I mean, I'm a big fan of Supergirl. I'm a big fan of Flash. I like Arrow, but I I enjoy Flash and Supergirl a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. But Legends of Tomorrow, I I just felt like it didn't know what it wanted to be, and maybe mm-hmm. and and you know people go, well, that's just the pilot. I'm like, no, pilot. Th- there are good pilots, there are bad pilots, and for me, the pilot of Legends of Tomorrow didn't work. Um, no. Now 
here so 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 I was trying to figure out how to frame this whole this whole conversation. I was trying to think of my 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 earliest memory of time travel uh, or, or time travel story or something like that. Because uh, because I feel like I've always been fascinated by it, not just as a writer but as a fan of science fiction. Time travel has always fascinated me. It's also terrified me, um, mm-hmm. and I blame the Twilight Zone for that. I I blame that. The Twilight Zone, they, they played around with time travel back in the 50s with, you know, where, where they were like, yeah, this stuff can really cause some, some serious uh, backlash. And I think they were the first people to really play around with that idea of like time travel. It sounds cool. And, you know, H.G. Uh, Wells made it sound very cool in his book. But it, if it goes wrong, it could be really bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, but uh, but. Really, the I think the earliest memory that I have of time travel is uh, is the is is from the original Star Trek, and it was the the probably what they what they consider their finest hour of television, which was sitting on the edge of forever, mm-hmm. and that was the one where um, uh, Leonard McCoy gets injected by accident with a stimulant, and the stimulant um, basically gets his gets his heart pounding gets. Gets gets the blood going and it makes him delusional and he's he's convinced that everybody on the on the Enterprise is out to is out to kill him, so he makes a mad dash for this planet that they this unexplored planet they happen to be on and he he beams down to it. So Kirk McCoy and the and the landing party they they go after him, and McCoy while while they're looking for him they find this ancient uh, gateway this this form of artificial intelligence. Uh, as far as we can tell, it's artificial intelligence. It could be a sentient being. No one really knows. But uh, this this gateway was showing uh, Earth's past, and McCoy goes running through it. And then suddenly the Enterprise disappears. They're stranded on this planet, and they suddenly and and the uh, the, the the gateway basically tells them, well, that's because the future that you are from is gone. And they go, well, what happened? And they go, and 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 they said they said it it was it was altered. So Kirk and Spock figure out, okay, let's let's have this gateway show us the the past again, and we'll have to go after him. And Kirk and Spock travel back to Earth in the 1930s, and uh, the, so, so and and they have to find McCoy, and that's where I'm going to leave it. It's a it's a it's a phen- it, there are Star Trek episodes, and then they're sitting on the edge of forever. Uh, mm-hmm. It was. It, don't never ask Harlan Ellison about it because he wrote it and he believes that he because of this episode he he made Star Trek what it was which that's that's just Harlan Ellison being Harlan Ellison but um <laughs> but but it but it is exceptional writing in in Ellison's in, and and you can ask Ellison he'll tell you it's exceptional writing but uh but it is exceptional writing uh it's a wonderful story very very heartfelt story a very different Star Trek story very very different um. Kirk actually falls in love. He really falls in love. And uh, and it's, yeah, that was my earliest memory of time travel. But I knew that I absolutely became a time travel fan when I saw as a kid in the movie theaters uh, a, a movie that sadly turned into a TV show that was a good TV show, but it just it just never got the, the numbers. It's time after time. And that's, okay, where, that's one I don't know. Yeah. So in this movie, and that this is why I enjoyed the TV show so much. It stayed very true to the film. In Time After Time, Malcolm McDowell plays H.G. Wells, and he actually invents a time machine, and he's going to test it out, but he doesn't have the nerve to do it. 
But then his best friend, John Stevenson, who they figure out is actually Jack the Ripper, gets a hold of the time machine and goes into the future, which in that time was 1978. And H.G. Wells chases Jack the Ripper in time forward to 1978. And, uh, and David Warner is playing, uh, is playing uh, Jack the Ripper. So you've got Malcolm McDowell, you've got David Warner in the same film. Already, it's awesome. Um, yeah. And this was the first film to be directed by Nicholas Meyer, who went on to direct Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. So, so um, this was, and this, I just remember this film just absolutely blew my mind as a kid. I, it just blew my mind, because here was H.G. Wells chasing Jack the Ripper in our time. And, oh, I ate it up. I absolutely ate it up. And whenever I did time travel stories, that was what that was what uh, that was what I liked doing. I liked taking actual people from history and mixing them together. You know, actually, actually, you know, bringing them, you know, taking them from one, you know, juxtaposing them from one time period to another, and and that was oh, that was I, I just I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, <clears throat> So that's my that's my early that's my earliest uh, memory of of time travel. Well, and I think that's when I think when I think of what time travel I do enjoy and what works, it's when there are consequences, but details about history are not like like not fond over. Um, I think that's why I like Timeless so much is because you know that there are consequences. You know every time they come back, something has changed. Right. And the really important stuff, they'll kind of give you notes, but they don't obsess about every little molecule of change. You just know it's it's impactful. And I think they do they do a good job of navigating around that. But I also like the the time travel where it is somebody having to deal with a different time in a different place. And it's not so much about, well, if I step on this butterfly, you know, volcanoes are going to erupt 2000 years in the future. Like it's (laughs) I think I think that's I think the type of time travel I enjoy is exactly that is watching those people from different times have to act interact with a different world, a different reality. And and you see, I I think you, you were very close about the whole stepping on a butterfly thing. Um, there was a there was an episode of the, my favorite episode of the Ray Bradbury Theater was in fact that and I believe it was I believe it was a delicate sound of thunder uh, or is it a sound of thunder I can't remember the, the name of the story right off the top of my head but um but it's it's one of those it's either I think delicate sound of thunder is a Pink Floyd album uh, <laughs> but um but in this song and I think it's um I think it is a sound of thunder. Um, big game hunters, and this was in the adaptation done by Bradbury and everything. But in in this episode of the Ray Bradbury Theater, uh, big game hunters go back in time to prehistoric uh, to the prehistoric world uh, to um, to to hunt big game dinosaurs. But they are constantly told, "Look, you know, we do not do not stray off the path. Do not stray off the path. Do not stray off the path. We don't know what will happen. Um, just you know." Anything could anything could disrupt the balance of time. Well, when the guy when the big game hunter actually sees and he's an adrenaline junkie and all this stuff and he's like, yeah, I need a challenge. I need a challenge. Well, when he sees a Tyrannosaurus Rex actually charging at him, he freaks out and he goes he goes careening off the path. And the uh, the guy that goes with him 
grabs him and goes, "You idiot! You know, we 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 don't know what 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 uh you know." And he's like, "I didn't I didn't do anything. I didn't. You know, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine." And he grabs the guy, pull, yanks him back in the path, and goes, "Look, let's get back. Let's get back to. Let's get back and see if um everything's okay." So they go back to the future, and when they get there, everyone is speaking German, and it's uh and everyone's wearing you know Nazi uniforms. And they look at the guy, the the big game hunter, and he looks at his at the at the boot at his boot, and he's killed a butterfly, mm-hmm. and apparently killing that butterfly is what uh, is is what is what caused all this. Basically, it's the butterfly effect, and um, and you know I think when you when you deal with time travel in that perspective, um, it's hard because now you're worried about details. Now you're worried about you know the slightest the slightest detail at the same time however timeless is loosey goosey yes timeless is very loosey goosey with uh with 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 the facts i mean you know in in, in the ian fleming episode for example which which i absolutely adored in the mm-hmm. ian fleming episode there was a bond movie created that that had never that no one had ever heard of before right and i'm like okay so you've got that major that major thing happening um Without you know, and and all all that happened was that they just went on an adventure with Ian Fleming, and then there yeah. are some things where they really screw with history. I mean, they they shoot this, they, they shoot three or four very important people in history, and nothing changes. And that's where I feel like the Doctor Who rule comes into play, where someone you know I'm expecting Mason uh, Mason to come walking up, going, "Sorry, loves, it's a fixed point in time. Sorry, it's a very very sorry." Um, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um. But there, when time travel is done bad, it's terrible. And um, uh, one that comes to mind, of course, and, and, you know, and it was the, it was it was a it was sci-fi of the day. But Erwin uh, Allen's time tunnel, it's just to, in me. I just I watch that, and it's it's just unwatchable. I'm like, oh come on! Did anybody pick up a dick, uh, an encyclopedia and try to even figure out the actual history of this event? Come on, people. Um, and and uh, and that that I found a little trying. However, mm-hmm. however, uh, there, there was a one season one season wonder uh, when I, again when I was in high school, and it was a, it was a guilty pleasure. And I, it's 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 kind of rough around the edges, but it's still delightful. Uh, it was a TV show called Voyagers, and in that there was uh, the the time traveler had a little device called, and I actually I actually bought a replica of one of them. It's called the Omni. And it had a red light and a green light. And if the Omni was red, something had gone wrong in history. And it was the job of the Voyagers to go back in time to fix it. And when they got the green light, everything was fine in the space-time continuum. And it was so much fun. It was goofy, but it was so much fun. So and, that, much fun. and that's kind of – and that, that's also – I think it kind of falls into that rule of you're kind of just approaching one thing at a time. Yeah. You're not and – I, and I think that's why Timeless works is because it is one thing at a time. And yeah, it, they do sometimes not change anything, but I feel like they're really good about kind of acknowledging that there are changes, but we're not going to go through all of them. And, um, and I also – but I also like the fact too – that they don't mind playing around with things that are just fixed that i mean i that whole fixed point in time you know some people say oh that's a that's a that's a lousy trope for for people to follow but they they actually do it in timeless when you think about how many times wyatt has tried to fix the situation with his wife mm-hmm. and he can't right and i find that fascinating especially when 
spoiler alert, when he killed the guy that he believed was the killer of his wife. That was a very, very intense moment. I was like, wow, that just happened. And it did, it did nothing to change the outcome. I mean, yeah, well, I, I feel like the power of that is it's, it's kind of like, you know, what you, what his, his part in that has not necessarily changed. And I think that he's going to find that really it's kind of his, his role in that evening that resulted in her death. And until he, you know, there's no way to change what he did. And I yeah. think that's kind of the powerful thing about, about that whole storyline. Yeah. And I think that was a very powerful part of this season where he kind of realized that he does like what he does has consequences, even if it's not the consequence he thinks he just killed this guy and it had no effect. Right. And then, and then in an earlier episode, he sent a telegram to his wife, you know, and he said, he said, yeah, just, you know, just, just don't, you know, and, and, and uh, delivered on this date. Which is which is a throwback. It was a very clever throwback to Back to the Future Two. Mm-hmm. You think about it because because of that, and 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 see that to me that that's other fun stuff with time travel. Um, back the, the the original Back to the Future, you, you can you know two and three are, are are they are what they are, but Back to the Future is just one of those romps in time travel that is ridiculously fun. Yeah, and there's there's another there's another uh, really fun one that um, that sometimes goes overlooked when people talk about great time travel movies, and it's called Time Rider: The Adventures of Lyle Swan, and <laughs> shows you how big of a nerd I am when it comes to time travel. Um, <laughs> this this introduced Fred Ward, uh, who's who's a very accomplished actor. Fred Ward, terrific actor, Fred Ward, and he was basically playing a motorcycle rider. He was in a motor. He was in a de- uh, cross-country desert motocross. He gets lost. He gets off track and he gets lost, and uh, <laughs> and he drives his motorcycle into a testing, uh, a proving ground for time travel, and he gets sent back on his motorcycle to the Wild West, and nice. <laughs> and nothing, of course, changes in the future. But he's basically the the movie is jumping between the time the the folks in the time travel experiment going we need to fix this and then you got you got Lyle Swan just kind of you know merrily jumping around uh on his motorcycle and his high tech gear uh and it's it's oh it's it's ridiculous but boy is it fun it is so much fun now one show that i remember dealing with time travel a long time ago and it, it i really was young at this time so i don't even remember if it's any good or not but i'm curious nobody ever talks about it as far as sci-fi goes, so I'm wondering if you even remember it. It was a movie called Time Tracks, or a oh, TV show called Time, Time Tracks. Tracks. I remember Time Tracks. I, I can't remember if, I mean, I, I think I've got a nostalgia filter on it because I enjoyed it when I was growing up, but I don't remember if it was good, if it was bad. I mean, you can't find it anywhere. Right, right, right. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It it wasn't bad. It was, it was sort of a... Um, it, 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 this was around the time where people were trying to find that magic formula that was working for Highlander the series. And mm-hmm. what was happening in Highlander the series was that they had they had present day stuff, and then um, they would have flashbacks to stuff in history where you know Duncan McLeod was going through all these different things and how it associated to his adventure in present day. In Time Tracks, which was actually produced by Harv Bennett, the guy who did the the, the Star Trek two, II, three, and four, he was the producers of those. Um, Harv Bennett produced uh, produced time tracks, 
and in that the guy was from the future and it was it was uh, and he was looking for criminals that had escaped from the future into the past and it was up to him to uh to to to, to bring them all back from uh from then i think you know the 1990s mm-hmm. and that wasn't a that was a pretty decent show um it wasn't great i, I mean it it couldn't hold my attention you might have been looking at it with a i mean if you want that type of show where someone from the future goes into the past to bring all these baddies back to back to the future for for justice or what have you. Um, I would say instead of looking for time tracks, because I know you can find this show on uh, on on Netflix, Continuum. Continuum is a terrific show, and it's 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 the same idea, um, but uh, but but um, it, it just they were able to execute it a little better than time tracks. Time tracks. I remember trying to watch it. And I'm like, eh, if there's nothing else on, I'll watch it. It was very stilted, but um, but yeah, that was a that was a that was like a cross between Highlander the series and Terminator. Yeah, that yeah. was. I'm looking at the the IMDb of it now. It's uh, ninety ninety three ninety four. Yeah. So you know, I was like beginning high school. So like I said, yeah. it's been a, a long time ago. Yeah. But I I I do remember that being one of my my first introductions to to time travel. So I thought I would give it and, a little nod. And yeah, and time travel, like I said, time travel is, I think as a, in, from a writing perspective, time travel is really hard to get right. Whether you're someone mm-hmm. from the future coming to the past, whether you're someone from the past going into the future, whether you're just hopping around. Um, and I think if you establish the rules of your universe where, where look, okay, we, you know, we're either one of these shows that's dealing with the time-space continuum, and we're dealing with the sensitivities of it. And if you, you know, if you, you know, if you pass gas in the wrong place at the wrong time, suddenly, uh, you know, Picard has a goatee, and the Federation is evil, and all this <laughs> stuff. You know, the, if you're going for that detail, you can. The other option you have is you do what. <laughs> You do what Terry Terry Gilliam did in the '80s with Time Bandits, which is that movie still holds up. I mean, I uh-huh. I absolutely if you have not seen this movie, I absolutely adore this movie. Um, the premise is is that this kid one 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 night, uh, this kid is visited in his room by um, I want to say it's seven small people, and they're all decked out in the weirdest outfits and. In the in the middle of uh, in the in the middle of his room, he discovers a portal in his uh, in his in his room, a portal in time and space. And as they're pushing to, to as they're pushing the, one of his walls to get to the portal, uh, God shows up and basically is demanding that these uh, these these uh, eight small people return a map. So he goes running with them and he and he falls through a portal in time and space and he winds up traveling through time with these. Um, with these eight small people who all have a map and they're mapped to the holes in time and space. And, it, and this is the kind of writing it had. Uh, I remember um, uh, the, the, the lead bandit basically says to the kid, well, you got You see this, this, uh, this map is a map to all the, all the, 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 the holes in, uh, in, in, in time and space. You gotta, you gotta remember this was a botched job. We only had seven days to make the universe. And, ah. and and they, <laughs> and and it's it, it was Terry Gilliam's first non Monty Python film, if I remember correctly, and it was it David Warner plays the devil, uh, Sir Ralph Richardson plays God, and um, and the cast includes Ian Holm, who plays um, Ian Holm plays 
Napoleon. John Cleese plays Robin Hood. And uh, it's 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 an over-the-top, ridiculous movie that doesn't give a rat's ass about anything in paradoxes or time-space continuum. It's basically these, these eight small people all robbing. Oh, and Sean Connery shows up as um, Agamemnon. So nice. <laughs> you know, so Sean Connery, the only man to ever play a Spaniard, a Russian, and a Greek, all with a Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I have never seen Time Bandits, and I don't know why. It's just not one that has ever crossed my path, but it is now on the list. Oh, yeah. Anytime I talk to you, by the way, I don't know if you know this, and I don't do this with every guest. I keep a piece of paper next to me to to record any little times I have to go back and fix a goof or something. Right. And um, and you're the only guest that, or there's a couple of you, but you're one of the definite ones, where I just make a big list of all the things that I now have to go see or consume or, yeah. I'm, I'm, I am both proud and sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Well, is there anything else that we need to cover as far as time travel goes? I think it's one of those things where you could do three or four. You could do an entire podcast on time travel. No kidding. No kidding. Um, um, all I can say about time travel is when does timeless start again? Because I can't. It was really sad. It was really sad that uh, that that time after time wasn't given more. The, the TV series wasn't given more of a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, much like timeless, it had a it had a a really um, bumpy start. Because, but, but then by the time like the third or fourth episode came around, you're like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. And, and Timeless just, just kept doing that. They kept, they kept throwing one twist, then another twist, then another twist. Um, and I, and I really think they found their, I I really believe they found their footing. Uh, I don't think time after time did. I think they needed another episode or two, but then by that time, ABC was like, now we're pulling the plug. And, um, I'm just happy to see that Timeless is getting another another bite at the apple with NBC. Uh, I guess I, they didn't give it to Constantine, so I'm like, okay, give it to Timeless. I'm right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I the one big thing that I I am disappointed with the uh, the way Timeless was canceled and then brought back is it gave a lot of people hope. And people need to realize that this is not something that ever happens. This no. was a special circumstances. And I don't even know, do we even know why this special circumstance happened? I see, that's the weird thing. I have never found out why. Why Timeless, you know, was like canceled, not canceled. I'm assuming, I am only assuming that it was outcry. That it was outcry on Twitter, outcry on, 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 on Facebook. Because I remember when Timeless, when it was made official... I remember going on and saying something on Twitter and saying something to the actors on Twitter and saying something on Facebook. And there were just, there was just post after post of like, I'm so sorry to see this show go. I'm you know, it just, they just kept coming and coming and coming. Um, maybe that was it. Because when you think about it, this didn't just happen once. It happened twice. I mean, first there was timeless and then sense eight and sense eight was, was canceled. They, they made the announcement and then they made the second announcement. Okay. We're doing a two-hour movie to, to to wrap things up, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, some people are like, "Well, that's not enough," and I'm like, "No, no, 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 no! Don't bite the hand that's feeding us." Okay, exactly, I mean, exactly. I mean, let's be honest. They were because because again, I I think I mean I was angry and I I dropped an f bomb or two about it, but at the same time I understood this show was being shot. Sorry, I know we're going off a tangent here, but Sense Eight, this show was a was not a cheap show. They no, had, not at all. They had eight actors around the world, and they had to get all of these actors at some points together. They weren't green screening them in. They were actually bringing them into the scene. 
And and all the actors were like, yeah, this was a really tough thing to do because, you know, I, I, would, be, I would get a phone call saying, okay, we're going to shoot this here. Now we're going to shoot this here. Now we're going to shoot this here. And they're hopping around the world. So it was an expensive show to shoot. It is. But it was one of those things that because I, I, I heard a couple people just green screen it. And I'm like, no, no, because that is the beauty of this show. This show is so beautifully shot yes. and so well edited and so innovative in the way it tells the story that that if you do that, you're killing you. you I would rather I would rather not watch a season three yeah. than watch a, a blue uh, and, green screen. And on top of that, three. no matter how good the green screen is, it will ne- it's like practical special effects. You will never have that same reaction when everybody – I mean I remember watching the Christmas episode and when they started singing uh, – when they started playing this, that Alleluia song and they mm-hmm. were all together at one point, I was like, oh, here, here, here it comes. And I just started crying because they're all together and that's the whole point of the damn show. So while, while, while yes, um, you know, Sense8 was an expensive show, they're bringing it back for, for a two-hour movie. Same thing mm-hmm. with Timeless. I remember saying to, to, to Pip several times over, I said, this show is, is – they're throwing some money at this show because yeah. the costumes look great. They even went so far during in – that, in that one episode with Lincoln where uh, Rufus was wearing the wrong belt buckle. I mean details like that. When you see that in time travel shows, that's when you realize they've got a budget. They've got a big budget. And the fact right. that – and, and- yeah. Props to props to them to be so on top of it oh, yeah. that they can pull those kind of details out because you can't go and say oh they've got the wrong belt buckle right. and then leave other things in later on. I mean you have to be whoever their their designers are on that show have got to be on their game. And and you know and, and to me that's no different than it's no different than when they were uh you know to, to talk about another show that got a second bite at the apple uh, but it was never canceled until it was canceled canceled Hannibal. Hannibal had mm-hmm. the same kind of visuals. It was it was it was beautifully shot, and all these details. Plus, you you had you had uh, you had you know Mods Milkinson. You had you had uh, you had um, Lawrence Fishburne. You had like a a listers, and uh, and these guys you know they've been in Bond films. They've been in the Matrix, and yet they're doing a t- they're doing a weekly TV show. And you know they didn't come cheap. Same thing here. Same thing with uh, with um, uh, with Timeless. I mean, you know, they, they just had the, the eye to detail on some of their history shots. I mean, I even heard people from, you know, historians basically say, oh, yeah, Thomas is getting it right. And I was like, good on him. Good on him. But that, that, type of, that type of accuracy does not come cheap. No, not at all. Not at all. Well, very cool. Well, thank you for, for coming and talking time travel with us. It, it's just honestly it's just been nice having you on the show <laughs> we need to have you on more often because i always have a good time I, I i love it too i love coming on this show i love coming to the show and I, and and again please uh pass along to kelly I, I i love hearing her go off and uh i'm i'm anxious to find out what you all think of my uh my, my audio file when it arrives later today yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we talked a little bit before yeah. we recorded it, and, and I do agree with you. I think when we're in the midst of recording, we do leave out a lot. We have a lot of people go, "You didn't bring this up. You didn't bring this up." And and I think you're you're bringing up some very good points. So we'll definitely address them in our next episode. You're gonna have to find out on State of the Geek, stateofthegeek.com. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna usually I let you do shoutouts first, but since we're talking about it, that my shoutout this week goes to Kelly Hightower, who is just the most awesome person in the world, and I am not making any promises or or 
committing her to anything as of yet, but we are in uh, discussions about possibly when her and I are going to meet in real life. And um, it may be she's coming out here hopefully sometime in November possibly. for Palm Springs Comic Con. Nice. Because there's no way I'm going to North Carolina. <laughs> Sorry, Kelly. No way. No way I'm going to North Carolina. Uh, I like my rights in California. Um, how about you, T? Shout outs this week. Uh, big one to Blurred Con. Uh, that's Blurred, B L E R D C O N. Blurred Con. They just, uh, I, I, I just went there this morning. Uh, we did a panel. It was me, Nick Kelly, and a group of other people. And we talked about being better geeks, or as we called it, the Geektitude panel. We're gonna we recorded it, so we're gonna pop it on to um, we're gonna pop it on to uh, to Geek Wolfpack podcast over at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. Um, but BlurredCon, it was basically a celebration of diversity, uh, and it's called BlurredCon because of Black Nerd. That's what Blurred stands for, mm-hmm. and um, it was absolutely. Uh, breathtaking to see the amount of cosplayers of color that all showed up in force to be there. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a delight. It was a delight to see. And uh, there were, there were people coming as far out as uh, Philadelphia and New York for this event. And it was a first time event. And, and it was, it was the, the, as I, as I was describing it, the energy and the enthusiasm, you could taste it in the air. It was fantastic. Uh, so a lot, lot, lot of fun there. So big shout out to blurred con. And finally, a shout out to uh, Nick and Brandon Kelly, and uh, and who who, were, who are my wingmen uh, this um, uh, at this event, but also to Ron Dufan. Uh, they're the guys behind uh, that that work with me on Happy Hour from the Tower. Uh, we, we're we're having a blast doing what we do, and a uh, big shout out to them. Um, that's it. That's it. Awesome. Well, what we'll have to do is we'll have to have you guys on for a destiny. Maybe we'll do a big destiny episode and get you guys on (laughs) uh get kelly on and maybe even get uh, i think some of the people from the geek geek podcast uh network are are also players so maybe we'll do a a big mega episode for destiny because i know it has a lot of fans and and hopefully some of my listeners will be interested in that That, as well so that would be fantastic i'm thinking september 6th we should do something like that yeah, I'll get it. I'll, I'll look at my schedule. I think I'm planned out through July. But speaking of which, um, as planned out as I am, uh, the schedule's going to be a little wonky the next couple of weeks just because I have to get in a couple of pre-recordings for when I am on vacation. <laughs> so I'd love to tell you what's going to be on next week. I don't quite know what that's going to be. Um, but I know within the next two weeks, I will be talking again to Ray about Spider-Man Homecoming. Ah. Yeah. And then, um, I think it's just fair. It's a free for all from there on in as to what's coming each week, but you guys just have to stick with me. When in doubt, you could always do a best of. That's true. And just pick, pick three or four shows at random and go with, go with that. Might be, although that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> That's going to be a lot of editing. And I've really tried to get my editing time down, so we'll see. We'll see. I have a couple of uh, recorded episodes that um, I need to get out there at some point, and I've been looking for an opportunity, so we may have a couple of special episodes coming up. Right. Okay. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek Network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as geek to geek Podcast, 
video game news now, geek fitness health hacks, and the comic box. And make sure to join our Reddit community at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash geek to geek cast. You can you can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on iTunes. Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there, please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also <laughs> you can also follow this show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. T, where can we find you? Ooh, uh, you got T Morris, that's T-E-E Morris with two R's. T Morris.com. Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences.com. HappyHourFromTheTower.com, and uh, you, you know from there you can find where we are on on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, and now Twitch. I'm actually giving Twitch a go when I can. Oh, nice. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the best place to get caught up with me and everything like that. And uh, keep an eye out for Podcasting for Dummies Third Edition. That's coming September of 2017. That's awesome. Very much looking forward to that. Um, and and thanks again, T. I we like I said, we need to do this more often. It's been a lot of fun. My pleasure. Thanks. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. Greetings from TG Geeks webcast, where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery, sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. like video games? Do you like music? Do you like video game music? Then join the Washington Metropolitan Gamers Symphony Orchestra on Twitch. Each week we feature a game the orchestra has performed music from. Our arranger guests will chat about their process, their inspirations, and why game music is so awesome. Check us out every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at twitch.tv slash WMGSO. (laughs) 